Hello, everyone. Welcome to our broadcast. I'm Jerry Savell. Thank you for joining me today. It's an honor and a joy to be able to share the Word of God with you each and every week. And I'm so thrilled that you've tuned in. And I also want to let all of you that have partnered with us in this ministry, how much we appreciate you. You're in our prayers. You're in our thoughts. We're praying that throughout this ordeal that we've been through, God has been faithful to you. God has been taking care of you and that you are headed for better days. And I believe in Jesus' name, you're going to have some great testimonies because God is always in the business of turning negative things into something positive. Today, we're going to be talking to you about God is not going to allow you to fail. That's good news to me. How about you? God is not going to allow you to fail. I'm going to begin in John chapter 15, verse 33. Very familiar scripture. I'm sure you've read it many times before. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have joy. You might have peace, rather. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, while you're in the world, you're going to be faced with tests and trials, tribulation challenges. But the good news is, he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, don't identify with the tribulation. I'm not saying you're not going to have it because Jesus made it very clear. As long as you're in the world, you will have tests and trials. But that doesn't mean you have to be defeated by them. That doesn't mean failure is inevitable because Jesus said, be of good cheer. Let's like James said over in James chapter one, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into different tests and trials. So be of good cheer. Why? Because Jesus says he has overcome the world. Another translation says, I'm not going to allow it to overcome you. Amen. So what I see in that is this. God is telling us he's for us. He's not against us. He's not going to allow us to fail. So I'm going to take you into a service here at our church in Heritage of Faith Christian Center, Crowley, Texas, where I was preaching that, and I believe you're going to enjoy this message. It's going to inspire your faith. Let's open our Bibles, first of all, this morning to the book of John, chapter 16, John chapter 16. <clears throat> This is a message I shared with my staff earlier this week, and I felt impressed the Lord to share it with the congregation. Even though many of the staff are in here, they've already heard it, and they will agree. It's really good. Hallelujah. I said they will agree. It is really good. <laughs> Amen. John 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Another translation says, I have robbed it of its power to defeat you, praise God. Hallelujah. We're not denying that we encounter difficulties and trouble and adversity and Test and trials from time to time. 
but we are denying their right to defeat us because Jesus said, I have overcome them. He overcame them for our benefit, praise God. And I receive it. Lift your hands right now and say, Lord, I receive what you did for me that the world will not overcome me. And nothing in this world will overcome me. Can you say amen? amen? So once again, as long as we are in this world, we're going to be faced with challenges from time to time. Don't ever ask somebody to pray for you like a man asked me years ago at ORU when I was preaching Brother Oral Roberts. Brother Roberts preached first and he said, you'll follow and then you'll close out the service and then I want you to pray for the people after you finish. So when he got finished, he turned it to me and I was preaching from John 16, 33. And at the end of the service, I called up different ones to pray for. And this one man said, Brother Jerry, I want you to pray that I will never have another problem. I will never have another challenge. I'll never have another test or a trial. I said, okay. So I laid my hands on him. I said, Lord, let this man die. He backed off and he said, I don't want to die. I said, well, sir, that's what you asked me to pray. He said, no, I asked you to pray that I'd never have another test, a trial, adversity. I said, well, sir, the only way that you can avoid that is you have to die and leave the planet. He said, well, I don't want to die. I put my hands back on him. I said, Lord, let him live. <laughs> but teach him how to overcome the world. Amen. How to, how to accept what Jesus has already done. Amen. So as long as we're in the world, we're going to be faced with adversity. But we have the right to expect victory. Amen. I live in victory. That's not saying I'm not ever facing trials and tests. I've faced them before. I'll face them again. But I really haven't asked God to give me a life where I have no tests or trials. Because I've learned in 51 years of walking with him, 51 years of preaching the word all over the world, I've learned how to overcome them. This morning in the first service, I talked about staying focused, the importance of staying focused on what God says and not what the world says. Amen. That's one of the ways that you can avoid being defeated. Amen. Now go with me to Psalm 34, if you will. Psalm 34, <clears throat> look at verse 17. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord delivereth them out of all their troubles. Not some, not most of them. All. All means no exceptions. Look at your neighbor and say, all my troubles, the Lord will deliver me. Amen. So we need to let God's word be final authority. Somebody said, yeah, but he didn't deliver me out of this and he didn't deliver me out of that. Well, I'm sorry that you have that testimony, but I'm not going to base my faith on something that happened to you. I'm going to base my faith on thus saith the word of God. Amen. I know a lot of people that Apparently, they didn't get delivered from certain troubles and adversities, but 
I don't want to be critical, but uh, it wasn't God's fault. It had to be something lacking in them. Perhaps knowledge. God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Maybe they didn't know what you and I just read. But God's word has got to be final authority. Settle that once and for all. No matter what's going on in your life, settle it once and for all. Whatever the word says, that settles it. Amen. Then it says in verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now don't stop reading there. Religious people always identify with the wrong thing. I've heard preachers stand up and quote that with tears in their eyes. Many are the afflictions of the righteous and I'm scriptural. But that's not what it says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but, but, now I'm not an English scholar, but I did learn in school many, many years ago that but is a conjunction. And that means he's not stopped talking. He hasn't stopped talking and thou shalt not stop reading. (laughs) Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I always say, don't forget to read the butts in the Bible because it changes the scenery. (laughs) Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. That's where I'm identifying, praise God. The Lord delivers me out of them all. The Passion Translation says, even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they are facing. Hallelujah. The Lord will save them. I shared with the staff earlier this week that I heard a minister a long, long time ago out on the West Coast. Uh, He was uh, one of the speakers in a conference I was in. And uh, during his time, he was talking about, you know, staying strong in the Lord and so forth. And he said, I have a plaque that I had made that I put in my office. And it's the first thing I read when I walk in my office. And it simply says, hang us thou in there. (laughs) I like that. Hang us thou in there. Look at your neighbor and say, hang us thou in there. In other words, don't quit. Don't give up, praise God. Amen. Quitting is never an option for a child of God. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where God's people were in major trouble. And somebody said, we need to seek the Lord. And they came back and said, I've heard from God. What did he say? Quit. (laughs) Run, run, run. No, that's never his, that's never his answer. Amen. In fact, you remember the children of Israel reaching the Red Sea? Now, Moses had convinced them that God was going to deliver them and take them to a land of plenty. And they got up and started marching out of there and carried all the silver and the gold out. Man, they're shaking their tambourines, they're shouting, they're dancing, they're leaping, they're jumping. 
Oh, they were a happy bunch. They've been in bondage and their ancestors have been in bondage for over 400 years. And now they're finally leaving Egypt. But God forgot to tell them there was a Red Sea preventing them from getting there. So when they came up on that Red Sea, they were ready to quit. They were ready to turn back. They got mad at Moses. Why did you bring us out here to die? At least when we're in Egypt, we had something to eat. Now this is the same bunch that cried every day, get us out of Egypt, get us out of Egypt. I think they were the original charismatic Christians. <laughs> A fickle bunch. Amen. Why, did you leave? Why didn't you just leave us in Egypt? Why didn't Moses just say, all right, we'll take you back. If that's what you want, I thought you wanted out of Egypt. Well, what do we do now? We can't, get a, we, we can't go anywhere. And then the Egyptians are, uh, are following them. Man, they can see the dust rising. They can hear the, the, the sound of the horses and the chariots. What do we do now? We're between a rock and a hard place. And notice God didn't say, if I were you, I would hide. <laughs> if I were you, I'd run like a scared rabbit. No. He said, why do you have to ask me what you need to do? It's very simple. Go forward. Go forward. That's always his direction. Go forward. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, go forward. Even if it's a baby step, at least go forward. Amen. Have you ever seen that movie, What About Bob? That's a funny movie. Amen. Baby Steps. It was the title of that book. Baby Steps that he had to read, you know, from the psychiatrist. Take a baby step if all you can take, but keep going forward. Amen. Don't retreat. I, I never did like to go to retreats. Why do Christians have retreats? <laughs> I don't like the sound of it. Now, I understand where they're coming from, but uh, you want to go to the retreat? No. <laughs> when y'all have an advance, I'll go. <laughs> Why don't they ever have advances? Let's have an advance. And, and why do Christians have to go to a retreat? They already know how to retreat. <laughs> need to teach them to advance. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So God's direction is always go forward. Go forward. So once again, the Passion Translation says, even when bad things happen to the good and the godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they are facing. So if that's the promise from God, then hangest thou in there. <laughs> Amen. Don't give up. God expects us to trust him. God expects us to stay in faith and God expects us to be determined to persevere. I want to say that again. If you're taking notes, you ought to write it down. You ought to put it at the top. Here's what God expects me to do. Number one, keep trusting him. Number two, stay in faith. And number three, become determined that you will persevere. I asked the Lord many years ago, give me a definition for persevere. And I love the definition he gave me. Outlast the devil. That's what persevere means. Just simply outlast the devil. 
Can you say amen? amen? So perseverance is spoken of quite often in the Bible. And uh, it's, it's one of the things that causes you to become a recipient of all that God has for you. We've been through some trying times over the last few months, some difficult times. A lot of people are still suffering, still hurting. A lot of Christians are suffering. A lot of Christians have lost their jobs. Uh, many have had to cut into their savings and their uh, uh, money that they planned to pass down to their children and their children's children and so forth. So we have been through some tough times, but that doesn't change the word in the least. Do you not think God didn't see this in advance? You know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, God, did you know the coronavirus is here? No. And nudge Jesus. Did you know that? No. Nothing surprises him. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, everything is open and naked unto him. Amen. But you would have thought if he'd have known it was coming, that he'd have some different, you know, passage in the Bible. No, it still says the same thing. I like what Van Crouch, he, he was a motivational speaker and, and a very good friend of mine. And he's been here with us a number of times. And Van and I have spoken together in Christian athletes conferences and so forth did uh, chapel services together with the Chicago Bears and different teams. And uh, <laughs> Van is so funny. He said, uh, we had a psychic in our city and she lost her place, the place where she had her business. And the whole town was surprised she didn't see it coming. <laughs> Well, nothing surprises God. He saw this coming, but he's already made provision in his word. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Boy, that's a scripture to hang on to right now if there ever was one. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Isaiah 54, 17. I'm counting on that. I'm standing on that. Psalm 91 Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for Psalm 91. You know, I fly all over the world. I've been to 46 different nations. I spend 22 days out of every month preaching the word somewhere around the world, except over the last few months, I haven't been anywhere. But uh, man, I'm on airplanes all the time, either my own or commercial airlines. And boy, you don't think that the first thing I do when I sit down on that airplane, including my own, I start decreeing Psalm 91 and Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Amen. Psalm 91 protection. Hallelujah. I'm glad the word hasn't changed no matter what we go through. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. So God has no intention of allowing us to fail. And you need to let that sink deep down into your spirit that God is not going to allow you to fail. He's the faithful God. Amen. He's the faithful God. The 
Passion says in Psalm 34, verse 20, God will be your bodyguard to protect you. Psalm 37 and verse 25, the Passion Translation says, I once was young, but now am I old. But not once have I found a lover of God forsaken by him. King James says, I once was young and now am I old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I found that scripture when I was young. When I first came to the Lord at 23 years old, I'm 73 now. But when I first found that scripture, I'm just a young man. I was thrilled to find that God would never forsake me and I'd never have to beg bread, hallelujah. And I began quoting that as a young man. I've quoted it all these years. Now, praise God, I'm an older man. I'm not old, but I'm older, 73. Now, for some folks, that's old. When I was 23, that was old. But it's not old now. In fact, I bet I can outdo some of you right now. I once was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's the scripture you need to hold on to, amen? Particularly in times like these. Now, let me give you some verses about how God responds to affliction and adversity. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 talking about the children of Israel when they were in bondage to Egypt. I have surely seen the affliction of my people. See, a lot of times people think, particularly God's people, that God doesn't understand what I'm going through. Don't he know I need help? But notice here it says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. But it doesn't stop there. God doesn't just see it and then ignore it and move on to something else. I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 17, just 10 verses later. And he says, I have said, I will bring you up out of this affliction. So God sees it and he intends to do something about it. If you're going through some affliction right now, it's not over. You've heard me say it time and time again. I'll say it again today. God says it's never over until he says it's over. And God will never say it's over until you and I win. Amen. So notice here, God's intention is even when he sees the affliction, his intention is I will bring you up out of this affliction. He's not going to leave you there. You just stay in faith, keep trusting him, and determine that you're going to persevere no matter how long it takes. You know, it's wonderful when things happen quickly, suddenly. That's one of my favorite words in the Bible, suddenly. Suddenly. I love suddenlies, don't you? But my life has not been filled with suddenlies. Usually, it's having done all to stand, stand having done all to stand, stand. 
I remember one time I had stood and I had stood for days and weeks. I had stood and it looked like nothing's happening. And finally I said, Lord, what do I do now? He said, stand. I said, I have been standing. What now? He said, stand. I said, Lord, have you been watching? I have been standing. He said, now you're scriptural. Having done all to stand, stand. I wanted to say, is anybody else up there? I'd like a second opinion. <laughs> anybody ever felt that way? I'm going to cast out lying devils if you don't lift your hand. <laughs> I felt, you felt that way from time to time, amen? And then I'll never forget what he said. If you could see what I'm seeing, you'd be rejoicing. I said, then what do you see? He said, you got the devil right where you want him. He just fired his best shot. If this one doesn't get you, he's done, he's finished, and you win. God will never say it's over until you win. In Quitting is Not an Option, Jerry Savelle teaches what the Bible says about conquering the temptation to quit. In this encouraging four-CD series, you will learn how to stay focused in faith by being truly convinced God will keep His Word, being willing to wait by developing patience, and being in fellowship with God in His Word. You can receive victory in every area of your life. God is looking for a group of winners to rise up and show the world that He is greater. In the powerful book, called to battle, destined to win, Jerry shares how you can experience God's breakthrough power in your life. God will provide everything you need to pursue, overtake, and recover what has been lost. Are you ready to win? Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request the Born to Win package, including Quitting is Not an Option and Called to Battle, Destined to Win. Make the decision today to never give up, to never quit, and to watch what your persistence will produce. I hope you enjoyed the message today. And if you did, I want to invite you to join me next week because we're going to do a continuation of this message, part two, and you don't want to miss it. Before I leave the air today, I want to read to you a word that came to me just before I preached that message. And here's what the Holy Spirit said. The turnaround you've been hoping for is on its way. And I assure you that you're headed for a better day. I always come through for those who take me at my word and cause miraculous things to happen when, they when their praises can be heard. You stood in faith and would not give in, so continue to rejoice because I'm causing you to win. Your enemy thought you would not last, but here you are, your troubles are past. So lift up your voice with a shout of praise and show me that you're grateful with your hands upraised. This will be just, of one, just one of many victories to come. I declare... You are the victor and the battle has been won. What a word, praise God. Lift up your hands right now and thank God for that. God is not going to allow you to fail. Let me remind you of our special product offer. Four CDs entitled Quitting is Not an Option. You know, this is what we're known for around the world. For 51 years, I have been teaching people how to make the choice that quitting is no longer an option. God has called you to win. Win is what God wants you to do. So I think you'll enjoy these messages. Quitting is not an option. And then my book, Called to Battle, Destined to Win. These two products are going to inspire your faith and cause you to 
go to another level in your walk with God. So order them today. Thanks so much for joining us today. And I want you to remember, your faith will overcome the world. I'll see you again next week.